Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu. Speaking to you after an exhilarating 125-121 to win over the Philadelphia 76ers. And before I go on to recap... All of the excitement that went on in this game, I got to tell you that, look, I know what you're thinking right now, ever since Stanley Johnson hit a dagger on the Sixers, like he was Kawhi, you can't get buckets out of your head. And I'm not just talking about basketball buckets, we're talking about Kentucky Fried Chicken Buckets. You watch them, you crave them, that's how it works, I get it, happens to me all the time. One minute, I'm talking about buckets on the podcast, the next minute, I'm daydreaming about the $10 Mighty Bucket for two. How could you get your mind off four pieces of chicken, two original recipe tenders, two individual fries, two dips, and of course, a popcorn chicken. That was basically Stanley Johnson's stat line tonight, but don't worry, it's normal. It even happens to most NBA players during games. It just means you're hungry, order your bucket online at kfc.ca, and get it before tip-off to celebrate, you know, um, like it's game seven all over again. I mean, oh my god. Let's just talk about this. Okay, so games are like this are supposed to be meaningless, right? They're supposed to be meaningless. But the key word there is supposed because really nothing in life is meaningless. Like you decide how much meaning you get out of life. You decide moment from moment how much joy you can get out of it. And you could say like, yeah, you know, you have a game where, you know, the Raptors rest OG and Surge. Nick Nurse is resting. He had a load management game today. Uh, and I'll explain why in a bit. You know, on the Sixers side, you know, Embiid doesn't play the second half. Uh, and, you know, obviously Ben Simmons is already out. You know, like, yeah, you could just say this is a load management game, whatever. You know, Raptors are locked into the two seed. The Sixers are locked into being mediocre. Um, you know, and, you know, you're, you're looking at third stringers playing out pretty much the entire fourth quarter, just like it was against the Milwaukee Bucks. And yet, and yet this game was so much fun. Honestly, no matter what happens this season, I am not going to forget this game. And I'm, I'm being very serious. There's a lot of memorable games this year. You got a 30-point comeback. You got a 15-game winning streak. You got two All-Stars going to the game with head coach Nick Nurse there, too. Uh, you got game winners like Pascal had against Philly. Um, you know, you, you have so many great moments. And, and then, you know, you have the two wins over the Lakers, whatever. I'm never going to forget the Stanley Johnson game. This was the Stanley Johnson game. And I and I mean that. And I'm so happy. Like you, I'm genuinely happy for this dude. Because who has taken more shit this year than Stanley Johnson? Not even Pat McCaw took this much shit, okay? Stanley Johnson, let's, let's, let's recap, okay? So, Raptors signed him. You know when the Raptors signed him? Kawhi Leonard announced that he was going to sign with the Clippers. And the Raptors' corresponding move was to sign Stanley Johnson. Like, I'm serious. Go back and look at the timeline. That's actually what happened. All right? That's the biggest drop-off ever between small forwards. Um, and then he comes here. All right? We're in the offseason. We're excited. We're like, you know what? 
We believe it. The Raptors have a development staff. You know, he's a number eight, former number eight seed. He's a guy who's, you know, you know, very athletic. He can hand the ball a little bit. You know, maybe Detroit. Obviously, they don't really have a history of developing anyone. Um, you know, in the last, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, who, who, I mean, seriously, name the last guy that the, the Pistons developed, like Andre Drummond. Like seriously, he just got traded for John Henson in a second round pick. Um, but yeah, like you know what, we're excited. But he comes to Toronto, you know. It's not even preseason, and Nick Nurse already says Stanley Johnson does not play defense well enough for the Raptors. And, and he obviously called out Rondé as well. Now, Rondé sort of made up for it, but Stanley didn't. Stanley didn't. You know, Stanley kept being that guy that every time he came into the game, it was like people would make fun of him. And, and you know, he would be so pressed every time he came into a game, you know. Wasn't in the rotation. Obviously, he already got called out by the head coach already. You know, for the, most of the year, like, no one even talked about this dude. Everyone just, like, you know, watched him come in the game with this high dribble or whatever. And people would just, like, see him miss shots. I think he's shooting, like, 25% on the season. And he just became this joke. And I felt, and, and you know what? Today, not a joke. Not a joke. Not, not a joke. And look, listen. If you are a devoted listener to this podcast, you have known that in many of these recaps, I've gone out of my way to highlight the fact that Stanley Johnson has had pretty good moments in these games, all right? And and sometimes, you know, it's like a scrimmage game against uh, Portland, and they're trapping full court, and there's no other point guard on the floor, and I'm praising Stanley Johnson for breaking a half-court trap or whatever, and people are like, you know what, that seems like excessive, and I agree, it is excessive, you know, but... When you got a guy who's taken this much shit, you got to give him as much credit as you possibly can. And today, Stanley Johnson is your hero because with the game tied, 121 all, the Raptors call timeout. They drop a play. Stanley Johnson is the point guard in that lineup for that third unit. He is the point guard, especially after Terrence Davis fouled out for the second straight game. That's a little weird. Uh, it, really, he's got to play defense at a way higher level, but whatever. Let's, let's not talk about anything negative. Let's not ruin Stanley's night. They draw up a play for Stanley Johnson. And honestly, Stanley, at, up to this point, had been so lethal that the Sixers decided to trap him. They surprised and blitzed him at half court. Now, I can't tell you the last time Stanley Johnson got double teamed at half court. I don't even think it happened in that OVO bounce game where he had 86 points. All right, if you scored 86 points against a double team at half court, this man might be actually with the basketball goat. Okay, uh, you know, but whatever. Okay, so the Sixers decided to double team him at half court, and what does Stanley Johnson do? Right, he has what um, Matisse Thybul, who people have talked so much about. Matisse Thybul is this incredible defender, all world. He's you know some people, some prominent basketball analysts have said Matisse Thybul is the, a generational defensive talent. All right, I'm not making this up. Go listen to any of the other major podcasts. Matisse Thybul, literally, um, you know, who would you call this guy? Ron Artest, you know, 2.0 comes over, tries to guard Stanley Johnson. Stanley just spins off of him like it's nothing, drives into the lane, dumps it off to Dewan Hernandez, and whatever. It was a great play. Uh, Hernandez goes up. You know, it was a great play by the Sixers to block the shot. But what happens? Stanley Johnson, you know, Johnny on the spot, collects the loose rebound. Four seconds left. No hesitation whatsoever. Goes back up. 12-feet jumper. Swish. Cash. And, you know, the Raptors bench is just going absolutely wild because Stanley Johnson had the game winner. 
Stanley Johnson had the game winner. And honestly, if you go back and watch the contributions that Stanley had in this game, this man was phenomenal. First off, the Raptors, I have to mention, were down for a lot of this game. In the fourth quarter, you know, it, it looked bad. At one point, you know, um, Matt Thomas came off a screen, looked like he was going to have an open three. He gets blocked by Mario Shayok, who is uh, apparently a Canadian guy who's 26 years old. I'm not really sure what's going on there, but whatever. He, he blocks Matt Thomas, takes him for a layup. You know, and it looked like the Sixers are going to win, right? The Sixers are up like six points with two minutes left. When you look at the third unit, you're like, I don't know who can score on this team. But, you know, Stanley was pivotal in, in so many of those moments. Like, I'm, I'm just going to recap. I know this is a Stanley Johnson propaganda hour, all right? But seriously, he had a chase down block. A very impressive one. I'm not saying it was Kawhi and Danny double block at the rim against Jason Tatum. But it, it was on that level, all right? It was that good. Uh, he had four assists in nine minutes, all right? You know what? He assisted Rondé Hollis-Jefferson on a three. Now, you know, Rondé hitting a three is very rare. Um, and, you know, even though teams dare him to do it, obviously, you know, he mostly takes them from the corner. This is from the wing. It's, it's even farther out, and it took multiple bounces, but, you know, Philly's used to that. Um, you know, multiple bounces on an unlikely shot dropping in. But Stanley Johnson found Rondé Hollis-Jefferson for three. He set up DeJuan Hernandez for a three. Uh, you know, he, he set up a couple other plays. He was making plays. And, you know, Stanley, you know, before that, even forced a tie at 121 in the first place. Raptors were down 119 to 121. Stanley Johnson fakes the handoff, drives all the way to the basket, gets the layup in. And, yeah, and then you have the heroics at the end. And, and honestly... I don't have to say anything, really, about Stanley's game. I mean, the, the true sign of respect is when they trap you at half court. All right, that's what if you if you have ever been on Warriors Twitter, if you've been a, if you've seen a retweet from Warriors Twitter, anything, you know that all they talk about is how Steph changed the game because everyone's got a double team of a half court. The Sixers were double teaming Stanley Johnson at half court. All right, I, I know Brett Brown has done nice things with the Sixers, I guess, but it's just that one decision alone, I think. People should really look long and hard at at, at, at Brett Brown. Uh, the decision to double team, hard double team Stanley Johnson, uh, you know, again, you know, deserved. But also at the same time, Brett Brown, what were you doing, man? Why did you do that? I appreciate it. Thank you for all this joy. But why did you do that? Um, and then, yeah, he had the game winner. But honestly, you know, a lot of credit to the third unit guys. A lot of them made great plays. Like Dewan Hernandez, this man... Didn't even play in NBA basketball or or even 905 basketball since like December. He had an ongoing foot injury, so he's you know I've seen more of Dewan Hernandez in O'Shea Brissett's vlogs than I have actually seen him play basketball outside of summer league. And you know I actually remember him in summer league. I was impressed. Like I, I thought he it was energetic rebounder can really move for a guy who's um, you know six ten really mobile really quick. And we saw that today four minutes. You know, he had, what, a, 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 you know, a, a driving layup and also a three, uh, you know, driving and one layup in four minutes, plus 10 in four minutes. Dewan Hernandez, maybe, in contention for three stars. Who knows? Um, Rondé hit a three. Rondé also, by the way, Rondé played 25 minutes, both baskets in the fourth quarter. Obviously a clutch performer, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. You know, yes, he had a disastrous moment, a disastrous minute where... Um, you know, he fouled uh, Furkan Korkmaz on a three by stepping on his foot. So that's three free throws, uh, all three made. Then on the offensive possession, he dribbled into traffic for no reason and turned it over. And then on the play after that, he helps out in the post off of Korkmaz, who hits the three. And it was a bad sequence. I was ready to really write off, you know, Rondé's night based on that. But he redeems himself. 
because he completely leaves Raul Neto in the dust, drives to the basket, compl- just frozen, frozen, all right? And, and then has the three during the comeback. Um, and then all these other guys making plays, you know, like um, even Paul Watson, uh, five minutes, but like he had a step through move, driving to the basket, you know, through through contact. Uh, you know, it, it's, you know, again, that also happened in crunch time. You know, Matt Thomas had a slow start. You know, um, the Sixers actually scouted him well. Obviously, they watched the last game where he had a career high 22 against the Bucks. Um, you know, it was actually funny because the Bucks refused to bend their defensive strategy. But the Sixers tonight, anytime Matt Thomas came off a screen, Embiid was right there on the perimeter to meet him, and Matt Thomas had nowhere to go. I don't know why Mike Boonholzer couldn't coach that way and and just figure that out. But you know, you know, coach of the year, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, Matt Thomas struggled to to get a shot off most of the night, but in the fourth quarter there. He comes up big with two uh, threes in, in down the stretch, uh, and and yeah, it was an exhilarating win, and it was an exhilarating win because you know, again, what I said at the top, man, life is what you make of it. All right, life, you got to find joy in small things. Okay, we are in a global pandemic. Most of us have been trapped in our uh, houses uh, and apartments or wherever for months on end. All right. Um, And that's if you're lucky, if you haven't actually, you know, been directly affected by the virus itself. You know, obviously it's wreaking havoc on the economy and everything like that. It's not a great time in the world. All right. And and for the NBA players, they're literally trapped in the bubble. All right. There's only so many days in a row where you can play cornhole. The Raptors have been in Florida for months. Okay, they went down there early. So there's only so much golf. There's only so much fishing, uh, you know. Table tennis, you got to imagine how many decks of cards they've thrown out. Um, just, you know, because everything's apparently single use. Um, you know, you know, there's only so many games of Uno. You're probably eating the same breakfast over and over again. It's, it's not a great existence, okay? But at the same time, you got, you got if you just see the scenes of how lit the fourth quarter was, don't even watch this game because there's nothing in this game that really needs to be taken away. There's truly nothing, okay? You don't go back and try to break down the film. Don't do it, all right? Nothing nothing great happened. But what was really great, if you go back and watch anything, watch the last six minutes of this game and specifically watch the bench reactions. Because if you look at the Raptors bench, obviously it was all, you know, garbage time players playing in the fourth quarter. And yet all the starters, man, I mean, you know, Pascal Siak. Okay, Mark was a little bit too old for all this stuff. I didn't really see much of Mark. Maybe he was in the back you know, tending to his garden or whatever. That seems like some very adult stuff that Mark likes to do. But, like, Pascal, Kyle Lahr, Norman Powell, Fred Van Vliet, you know, all these guys just on their feet the whole game, especially in the fourth quarter there, just cheering these guys on, willing them on, and the reactions were amazing. And it made for an incredible atmosphere. There's no fans in there, not a single fan, okay, Uh, except all these just, like, virtual Zoom calls in the background. And yet, it was such an electric atmosphere. And, you know, give credit to the Sixers, too, because their bench was up doing the same thing. They were making noise. They were cheering after, you know, what, Shyok had a layup. You know, Raul Neto had a surprisingly decent game. You know, Mike Scott hit a three. Like, they were going hard. But it was an exciting win, and it was was so much fun. And, again, I'm never going to forget the Stanley Johnson game. Stanley Johnson hit a game winner, all right? Literally... (laughs) <laughs> I, I wish, I, I wish, uh, you know, you know, obviously Matt Devlin, an incredibly talented broadcaster. I wish Matt had had the, uh, you know, presence of mind to, to say, it's off to Johnson. <laughs> Is this the day? 
It's off to Johnson. Defended by Tybal. Is this the dagger? Oh, like that was, it, it was not as hype as that because literally that was a buzzer beating game seven game winner. That's never happened in the history of the NBA except for the Raptors. Um, but it was close to that, to that level of hype. Like if you just look at the bench reaction, like it was amazing. And I'm so happy for him. Like I, again, I'm so happy for Stanley because he's taken a lot of shit. He's played like shit for pretty much any time we've actually seen him play. All right. So it's it's not even unfair from that perspective. But for someone who's taken that many L's, I'm just happy he had this moment. It, it's it's really it's amazing. And yeah, you know, uh, I I hope he I hope honestly, I mean, it must be great in the Raptors hotel right now. <laughs> they it must, they must be celebrating, and he deserves it. He really deserves it, man, because he is a hardworking guy too. Because again, I gotta commend him. Um, because look, he's had a tough season, a really tough season, but when he's had the chance, he's volunteered to go. Two down, down to the G League. You know he's in his fifth season now, so you know the Raptors can't assign him to go, but he's volunteered to go down there. He's putting in extra work. He's trying. He's trying, and and and, and you know obviously you know sometimes it feels like when he comes into the game, he's trying so hard that things just don't come out for him. Today they came out, and I'm I'm just I, I'm unbelievably thrilled. Uh, in terms of the actual other players in the game, um, you know. Same old, same old, really. Um, you know, Kyle Lowry, you know, <laughs> there's a bit of foul baiting after he got a technical or whatever. Got an early foul trouble, you know, um, did some Kyle Lowry stuff, you know, had a great layup to end the first quarter or first half. Uh, Sixers were really triggered by him. The Sixers account tried to, uh, you know, slander Kyle Lowry, which is funny because he's the best player from Philadelphia in the NBA. And also, um, you know, you wish you had Kyle Lowry. If, if Kyle Lowry's on the Sixers, the Sixers might actually do something, except the Sixers are what they are, which is mediocre once again. Um, and, you know, Kyle Lowry's a champion, and the Sixers, again, you know, at, when was the last time they had a champion? Was, was it, was, what, 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 when was it? Was it, what, was it when they had black and white TVs? Like, what was going on there? Probably like an ABA championship. I don't really know. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Kyle Lowry, man, I mean, he, uh, 19 points, you know, 25 minutes, you know, kind of honestly, the first half real sluggish for the Raptors offensively, uh, Kyle had to do most of the scoring. Some of it was, yeah, he flopped to get to the free throw line. Big deal. Have you seen Embiid play? Have you seen, I mean, bro, this guy's seven foot three and he's 300 pounds and he's flopping. Okay. It looks a lot worse than when Kyle Lowry exaggerates a, f- a foul where Josh Richardson has two hands on his back. I mean, what else you want me to do? So, you know, whatever. Okay. So just Philly fans, just relax. Okay. You know, he's really the best player from your city. He's representing your city so much. I don't know why you guys have beef with him, other than the fact that you're jealous he's not on your team. And your your point guards are Shake Milton and Raul Neto. Um, you know, who else? I thought uh, Norm was really sharp. Uh, you know, what the three continues to look good. Every time he plays the starters, he looks good. Playmakers around him. Mark around him. Kyle around him. Fred around him. Serge, or, or Pascal around him. Norm able to get free, drive to the basket. One play, you know, he had Al Horford on a line drive. Completely froze Al Horford. Made him look like the uh, max contract center that he was by uh, driving right by him for an easy layup. Um, you know, you know the usual Mark Joel Embiid stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was actually funny because the Sixers kept feeding Joel Embiid down low. You wouldn't know it based on the usage. Like he only took four shots and got four free throws. But the Sixers every time down would feed Embiid on the left block trying to set up against Mark, and it was like watching a sumo wrestling match, the two of them just, like, coming together, banging bodies, and, um, you know, he, you know, Embiid got Gasol once, uh, you know, forced his way to the spot, you know, Gasol was, like, pulling his jersey up and everything, Embiid was able to throw in a little hook shot, but, I mean, you know, 
<laughs> for the most part, uh, it was the regular, you know, deal. Whenever time, every time, um, you know, uh, <laughs> Embiid goes against Mark, uh, this is the result. Five points on one of four shooting with five turnovers. Uh, I mean, Embiid was solid defensively. I can't take that away from him. He is a really game-changing defender. He's seven foot three. He hangs around the basket. He's a great shot blocker. He's really quick for his size. Uh, of course, you know, like yeah, you got to give him his credit. He, you know, when the Raptors when he was in, the Raptors couldn't really drive to the basket. Created some offensive issues, but you know, offensively, him trying to go against, uh, you know, Marcus All once again is the same result. I actually read an incredible stat during the game today. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Embiid had that game three performance where, I mean, it was dominant. The Sixers looked like they were going to turn this whole series, you know, last year on the road. They were beating the Raptors by like 25. Uh, Pascal Siakam was so frustrated by being guarded by Embiid that he tripped him. And, you know, for a guy who's not a dirty player whatsoever, it was, you know, a clear sign of frustration. And Bede was dunking. You know, he was doing the airplane. Philly fans were going wild. You know what I mean? Um, and then uh, this stat here from John Godas of uh, Raptors HQ. Joel Embiid, since doing the airplane, all right? So that's end of game three in the Sixers series. Embiid, since the airplane, is 22 for 71 from the field, which is 31%. And has 35 turnovers. Okay? It's always bad when you have more turnovers than you do have percentage points on your field goal percentage. But, again, the airplane was was fun. It was, it, honestly, in the moment when I saw the airplane, I was devastated. Uh, just like he was after Kawhi Leonard hit the shot in his face. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Mark just able to bang with Embiid. The Raptors sent double teams. You know, Embiid, decent passer out of the post, except he had zero assists today. Uh, what else, man? Um, Pascal, you know, missed some makeable shots. He was missing some free throws. At one point, he was, you know, when he finally scored on a transition basket from Kyle, he screamed, finally, and, you know, he was like, you know, it was clear that the shots weren't dropping. But I'm also just like, honestly, I keep watching more and more Pascal film. He's just missing makeable shots. Like, he really is. Like, I, I don't know what else you're going to change in the process. He's going to be guarded heavily because he is a very talented player. And, you know, he had, you just have to trust that he can make some of these shots because we've seen him do it before. We've seen him do it for pretty much, you know, a large part of the season. We saw him do it for all of last season. He's a guy who can make tough baskets. He's an all-star, right? Uh, he's just missing a lot of shots. The touch around the rim right now, not good. I mean, so I don't know what you do other than just let him play through it. You know, thankfully, the Raptors play, what, the Brooklyn Nets in the first round? Like, literally, I'm just looking at those four games. As Pascal, just get your touch, get your confidence, and just keep going, you know, with, with what you're doing. Because, you know, defensively, the energy is there. I like that, you know, that he's still defending, um, you know. Um, and he's getting decent shots. Like, I thought he got decent shots tonight. Some of them just missed. There's nothing you can do. Just maintain your confidence, all right? That's very, very tough, but it is what it is. You just The only way you get out of the slump is to shoot through them. It's not like Pascal's taking horrendous shots. He's not. He's taking shots within himself. He's just missing them right now. So, I'm not too worried about that. Um, you know, off the bench, I thought Chris Boucher was phenomenal. Um, all jokes aside, like, you know, he followed up his career high 25 points against the Bucks with 19 today against the Sixers. Uh, and what was really eye-opening was the three-point shooting. Um, four of six from deep. That might be Chris Boucher's best shooting game in, as an NBA player. And, yeah, I mean, look, Chris is not shooting the three well in the season. He's, you know, been below 30%. He's probably around 30% now. You know, that's got to be a lot higher. No one's going to guard him out there. But 
you know, uh, against the Bucks, he was hitting those threes. And today against the Sixers, he was hitting those threes. And if he can hit threes at a respectable rate, I'm talking like a Brooke Lopez, like 33%, okay? Just a big man out there who's going to shoot an open three. And people know you're going to shoot the open three. If he can do that, in addition to the other stuff that he can do, with the energy on the offensive glass, four offensive rebounds today, four blocks today, including a two-handed block in the first half. I mean, that's that's some impressive stuff if you can reach the ball with two hands. Uh, and, and the ESPN broadcast was raving about Chris Boucher's blocks. But if you can supply the energy, you can supply that. You can occasionally roll hard to the rim. Uh, and then the four threes, he even had a baseline jumper today, which was really impressive. I don't think I've seen him roll to the basket and not try to dunk. Um or, or going for, strong for a layup, uh, you know, for him to pull up short and hit the short jumper. I actually never seen that before. So and that was, a, you know, nice finesse move there. Um, and, yeah, like, if he's able to do some of these things, especially the three-point shooting, I don't see why the Raptors can't include him in more, you know, these two uh, center lineups. Nick Nurse has talked a lot about it, hasn't played it at all <laughs> pretty much in the seeding games. I love it. He played it a lot in scrimmage, did not play in the seeding games. But, you know, if you're if you're willing to play Mark and Serge together, then by that same logic, why not play, you know, one of those centers with Boucher as well, right? Because I think right now the power forward spot is a real struggle. Uh, we're seeing Rondé more in that role, mostly because I think they like his ball handling and creation. They love setting the Kalari screens deep in the paint so Rondé could uh, confuse the defense and, and maybe get something out of it. That's really what the strategy is, is just to confuse the defense because it's so strange. And honestly, you know, it's, you know, it's just sheer randomness what Red Bondi can muster sometimes. Um, you know, today, for example, he had like a literally, he all he had to do was go up strong for a layup. Like he was right there. No one was really around him. And he decided instead to kick it out to Mark, who, who switched to three. But it was a very strange decision to pass up a layup. Um, so what I'm, you know, randomness, right? But. I think Boucher should maybe get some consideration there as a, as a, as a power forward there because look you do have other creators on the floor, um, you know you have you know Fred can initiate Kyle can initiate Mark can initiate Pascal can initiate, you know what you probably need more at the power forward spot is someone who will at least get marginally defended or if not be defended to be able to punish the the, the space by either crashing the glass or doing some other stuff or hitting threes. And, you know, defensively, Boucher adds another layer of rim protection. So if you're trying to go big, you're probably trying to protect the paint anyway. You know, I'm just saying, make, you know, there's a case there, Nick, to, to, to just look at it seriously. I think it shouldn't be definitively that Ronnie is ahead of Chris Boucher. I just think that they should split some time there, go with the matchups. Obviously, it's a small team. You don't need to deal with Boucher, but, you know, it's an option. He's, he's really, really come on strong. So, a uh, fun game. Fun game, honestly. Uh, you know, uh, obviously. Not much to play for. The Raptors are locked into that second seed. But damn, even when they want to throw a game, they still don't throw the game. You know what I mean? Um, you know, you got coaches like uh, Mike Boonholzer intentionally fouling the Raptors when they have the third stringers out there. That's not working. You have uh, coaches like Brett Brown double teaming Stanley Johnson desperately. Again, that is the that is the play of the season. Someone double teamed Stanley Johnson at the halfway mark intentionally. And he scored. All right. that That is the play of the season. I don't care. I don't care. There's a lot of great, great plays. That is the play of the season. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's just, you know. And, and you know, I got to mention, of course, that uh, Nick Nurse uh, surprised everybody uh, before the game by announcing that uh, he was going to let, uh, you know, assistant coach Adrian Griffin, um, you know, coach the game tonight. 
you know, he the the you know Griffin explained that you know it was Nurse's idea. Nurse, you know, came up to him with it, and basically just wanted to get him more reps because he believes that you know Griffin is an up and coming coach in this league. Uh, it's a deserving head coach. Obviously, he's not that right now, but you know his time will come. And I thought it was just a fantastic gesture, right? It's it, it really is a fantastic gesture. I mean, the Raptors as an organization are about putting in hard work so that you improve and that you win. That is the Raptors. They are a development franchise, and they do such a good job of it. And that should apply to, like, everywhere in the organization. It's not just players can improve in the 905, then they could get, you know, bench minutes, and then they can become starters and become champions, something like that, right? Like, that's that's fantastic. But, like, the same thing can apply everywhere else, right? Right? We can see people in the front office getting moved up because, you know, uh, you know, the Raptors are, you know, one of the great organizations in the NBA. You know, you have, you know, a lot of, you have guys like, um, you have, uh, you know, you know, have people getting hired by other organizations, people getting promoted, things like that. And you're seeing coaches. I mean, even Nick Nurse, right? I mean, it's also a development story, right? Because he joins the team as an assistant. He bides his time, becomes a lead assistant, and now he's the head coach. And now he's going to be coach of the year soon. Uh, and, you know, he's stepping aside to create this opportunity for Adrian Griffin. And honestly, Griff, man, I mean, like, you know, people should be looking at this, right? People should be looking at a lot of these guys, Nate Bjorkren, right? People on the Raptors staff. I mean, they should be highly coveted uh, because, look, this is one of the greatest, this is one of the best coaching staffs in the NBA, right? If you're going to coach, you're going to give them coach of the year, which, you know, we think that Nick is the favorite, right? It's not just about Nick. It's about the whole coaching staff. It's not one guy. And, you know, if, you know, I, I always like to think about the Raptors sort of becoming sort of a second iteration of the Spurs. Obviously, no Tim Duncan, no generational talent like that. Maybe not even a Mono Ginobili but like, or Tony Parker, but, you know, similar, you know, idea, right? Non-destination free agent market focuses on development, has great management throughout, and they have a consistent stretch of winning. And, you know, what happened with the Spurs? Like, look at Brett Brown. That's a Spurs a former assistant. Look at Mike Boonholzer. That's a former Spurs assistant. Pretty much half the league is, like, Spurs assistant, like, former Spurs people. You look at the Nets. The Raptors going to play in the first round. Their general manager, formerly with the Spurs. Like, you know, people, <laughs> they go to the Spurs all the time, okay? They, they literally look at the Spurs as just, like, uh, LinkedIn.com, okay? And so, the you know, if the Raptors are going to become the new Spurs in that sense, you know, you can expect people coming in and interviewing Bobby Webster, you know, to potentially, you know, uh, head up the uh, Chicago Bulls. Or you can look at people trying to steal Masai, obviously. That's a little different. Um, you know, you, you can, and I expect the same thing for the coaches. So, I'm happy Nick has done that. It's not the first time. Well, I mean, it's the first time that, you know, he, he actually let, you know, uh, Griffin coach the team. Um, but, you know, I, you know, there's been multiple instances where, yeah, Nick will just say, like, look, let the assistants talk to the media. And that's something minor. I don't think Nick wants to talk to media every day, even though he's very media-friendly. But, like, it gives people a chance to shine. It gives Sergio Scariolo a chance to, you know, make his voice heard. It gives guys like Adrian Griffin a chance to get his voice heard. And and same thing with Nate Bjorgren as well. So, I'm happy, you know, uh, Griff got the win. The players clearly loved him. Um, you know, they played really hard to, to get him this win. And, yeah, it was just a really fun game, so... Um, you know, great night all around. The Raptors are now what six and one inside the bubble. Uh, fantastic, and you know they're gonna play one more, which I honestly expect them to just like completely punt that game. But who knows, man? Even when you punt the game, who knows? You might have Stanley Johnson out here with like fifteen five and five next game. All right, you know my expectations are very high. I, I've been very intrigued by what Stanley did tonight. So 
In terms of your three stars, yes, of course, Stanley Johnson gets your first star, man. Five points, four rebounds, four assists, a block, a game winner, nine minutes. Fantastic for Stanley. Um, so happy for him. Again, it's just a legendary moment uh, that uh, that he produced out there in the bubble, and the players were so thrilled for him. You know, he works hard. He's 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 really cut his teeth. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, you know, one shining moment. Like literally, this is the one shining moment for Stanley Johnson this year. So congrats to him. Second star, Chris Boucher. You know, with all due respect, Chris should have gotten the first star, but come on, man. Stanley hit the game winner. He had to get it. Uh, but no, honestly, Boucher was fantastic. Probably the best player. Well, not the best player. Kyle was the best player tonight. Uh, and, and Mark played some fantastic defense. And Mark scored too as well. But uh, Chris, 19 points, 4 blocks, 9 rebounds, 7 of 12 from the field, 4 of 6 from 3 in 22 minutes. A fantastic effort from Chris Boucher. Uh, and yeah, I mean, again, I, I really do think that, you know, look, with the Raptors sort of securing the second seed, everything like that, Nick is, and the coaching staff have been able to give a lot of these bench guys more minutes. And some of these guys have stepped up. We've seen Matt Thomas step up, find his confidence. We've seen Chris Boucher step up and find his confidence. Rondé's had some decent moments. Um, and Stanley Johnson's now done some stuff like it's, it's exactly going to plan. All right. So, and Boucher, you know, again. He's made his case for what he can provide, and 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 you know, yeah, he's he's got he's he's I don't know if he's for sure gonna get minutes. It's it's hard to say, but you know, I, I, I when he does come into the game, I would trust him. That's what I'm gonna say. Uh, and then your third star tonight, I'm gonna give that to uh, Marcus All. Eleven points, five rebounds, and assists, two steals, a block. Uh, 19 minutes, four of eight from the field, two of four from three. I like the aggression and trying to score. You know, he, you know, Embiid scored on him once in the post. Gasol scored on him once in the post on a turnaround fading jumper. I feel like those shots were like a hundred percent bricks at the start of the year. Uh, now I actually do feel like he can hit those. Obviously, that's a shot he's practiced. He used to do that a lot in Memphis. Uh, it's not a great shot, you know, efficiency wise, but you know, it is a shot that he can get, and it, it, that shot is landing more often now. So. Um, you know, he hit one of those. The defense on Embiid was great. Um, you know, he, in truth, he did swipe down on the ball and hurt Embiid's finger. Hopefully Embiid's okay. You know, God knows he's, you know, gone through a lot of injury. But, yeah, I mean, you know, what, what else can I say? I mean, when when the leading guy on the other team has five points with five turnovers, uh, you know, you got to give credit where it's due. Marcus Gasol this year, man. I mean, look at the bubble right now. You know, he holds JV to zero. Nick Vucevic was, you know, doing his MKG impersonation. And Embiid doing the same thing with Embiid. I mean, that's what this man does. I mean, what, look at Marcus Gasol's defense on, you know, in, in that Heat game, in that Laker win too. Adebayo not really going off. AD not really going off. LeBron not really going off. Jimmy Butler not really going off. The Raptors have... I mean, before this game, I don't know what afterwards, who knows, the stats changed so much. The Raptors had the best defense, statistically, inside the bubble, by like six or seven points. And Mark, I think, has been the main reason why. Him rejuvenated defensively, the Raptors are so, so hard to score on. Uh, in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award, that's got to go to uh, Furkan Korkmaz. A fantastic game from the uh, Turkish Gunner. Uh, 20 one points on five of ten shooting, five of nine from three, with six of six from the free throw line, five rebounds, four assists, two steals. Defended Matt Thomas really well, honestly, in 29 minutes. Uh, great game from Furkan. Um, you know, the Sixers, 
that's this is why you go through you know six years of tanking. You know this is why you win ten games in a season so you can get Furkan Korkmaz coming off the bench for twenty one points. So I'm I'm just happy for uh, the Sixers and all the f- pain their their franchise has gone through. Clearly, it's all paid off with Furkan Korkmaz having twenty one points tonight on the Raptors. Uh, and and that does it for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, you know the Raptors are going to play the Nuggets to finish off the eight seeding games. Uh, the Raptors have already clinched the second seed. They have already clinched a better record than you know percentage wise than they had last year when they won the championship. To my knowledge, everyone is healthy. Obviously, Pat McCaw, unfortunately, you know he had to have that uh, knee procedure done. But aside from Pat. You know the the core of the team is healthy. They've they're rested. There's a lot of confidence. Definitely a lot of good vibes after a game winner from Stanley. Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. And the Raptors obviously they're gonna play Brooklyn in the first round. Admittedly, I'm gonna have to take some time to do the, the preview for Brooklyn because I, I need to actually watch some of these guys. Someone named Donta Hall plays for them. Um, you know, okay, I, I really like. I, I need to know who these guys are first, so I'm gonna need some time to watch. Tyler Johnson and things like that, but uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 you know as much as you can hope for. It's been a, a really good ride so far inside the bubble, and on hopefully the Raptors ride uh, will continue. So thanks everyone for listening. Big thanks to KFC for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, if you haven't already, go check out the live call-in show. Uh, me and Josh, uh, we just recorded that on Tuesday. Thanks to everyone who called in. Always a fun time. You know, that's on the podcast feed now. Check out Raptor Group Chat, uh, you know, new episodes. I think one is actually being shot right now while I'm shooting this. Uh, and what else? Um, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of Raptor content out there. Make sure you support everybody. Uh, things are very, very good. And uh, I can't wait to uh, talk more about it. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, I'll be back later this week. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.